Welcome to Career Central with Lorraine Beeman. In this program, you will hear from career management experts who will provide guidance and strategies to help you advance or change your career. Now, here is your host, Lorraine Beeman. This is Career Central, an hour totally committed to helping you achieve your career goals. I'm Lorraine Beeman, your host. Our guest today is Shannon Rollins, an expert in helping people find the balance that allows them to enjoy both work and leisure. If you find yourself dreading going to work and wondering why, you are listening to the right podcast. Shannon, it is a real honor to have you on our show today. Welcome. Hey, Lorraine. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm honored to be here. So let's just jump in and um, have you share um, about your early work experience. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, okay. So about, I would say about 10 years ago, once I graduated from University of Florida, I won, I was ready to get into work. I've always been pretty highly ambitious, kind of wanted to climb the corporate ladder as soon as I possibly could. Uh, so I ended up working for a healthcare company, always been passionate about health and wellness in general and corporate wellness. So in this particular company, I ended up working probably 60, 70 hours a week or so. And I was creating uh, wellness programs for other corporations and really promoting healthy lifestyle and not practicing it myself, right? So the irony there is great. But uh, what I ended up doing is I would be on call to take calls on the weekends, evenings, um, because we also had health centers and clinics for people that were sick. So I was kind of that on-call backup person as well. And so throughout that experience, I hit burnout pretty hard. I hit a wall. Um, I ended up in and out of the hospital. Um, MRIs, CT scans, you name it, WebMD. I was addicted to WebMD, um, always looking up what my next ailment was because I had some severe migraines. I remember waking up and looking in the mirror and just asking myself, what are you doing, Shannon? Like, what is going on? Why does this keep happening? And I remember one day I came home from work and I ended up passing out and in my room and, and I had to call the ambulance and I was like, what is going on? There's gotta be something wrong with me. So I finally get all these test results back and the doctor, I remember calls me in and he said, this is all created by stress. There is nothing wrong with you. And so I knew right then and there that I needed to change some things um, because I was overweight. I didn't have healthy behaviors because I was stressed. I was drinking on top of that. Um, I was trying to be healthy, but then I'm working in, I'm working in corporate wellness, trying to promote this healthy lifestyle. So that's kind of the earlier days. And then from that experience, I was like, man, I really need to change things. Um, so I ended up working for a wonderful company, creating more wellness programs and actually practicing what I preach. And um, onto that, uh, being able to work with individuals one-on-one -on -one for coaching as well. So now I have my own business doing one-on-one -on -one coaching and, and corporate programs. And I just, I love what I do. Absolutely. So what did you take from those earlier experiences that you've, you know, thought this has got to change and then this is how I changed it? Well, it's really interesting. It was almost like an epiphany. I, I went to dinner with someone and it was actually a couple of people and I was telling them about my situation and I said, you know, I don't know why I'm not happy. I can't get to the bottom of this. And of course, earlier in my career, I start seeking out advice from people like, is this how it's supposed to be? And I remember someone told me, Shannon, this is just the way it is. No one actually likes their job. You go to work, you work and you come home and then you turn around and you do it again. And he goes, you just, you just go through the motions. That's what you do. That's, that's the way it is in life. That's the way America life is. And I was like, oh, this is not the American dream. <laughs> so that, that comment actually really got me fuming because I am not the type of person that believes that everything is supposed to be put in this box and this is just the way it is. I hate that statement. Um, and I knew from there, I just kind of, unbeknownst to me at the time, I wanted to prove that person wrong. <laughs> so I started researching out and looking at other ways that I could improve my life. And I just knew there was more to life than this, than just waking up in the morning, hitting the alarm clock, going to work, coming home, and just not liking half of my day. 
Um, so that's kind of what the experience that honestly, from that entire thing that I learned was you don't have to be miserable in your job. If I could say it as plain as that, um, I, I just realized that it's okay for me to go through some hard things um, because I learned from them and there's silver linings and everything, but I didn't have to continue on with it and tolerate it the rest of my life, so to speak. So yeah. you shared that you were really miserable in one job and then fortunately moved to a job that where you were happier. What changes did you, did you make that got you from where you were to Ooh. where you wound up? That's a really great question. There was actually a lot of changes that I made. I think one of the really, really big changes that I learned how to make was to have more, first of all, work-life balance. I call it life balance now, but I forced myself, and it was really difficult at first, but I forced myself to shut down work and leave it at work and to be present in the moment. And I adopted mindfulness techniques through doing that. And I think the bigger part that was the most important to me was learning to say no to work, learning to say no on, can you pick up this? I can't make this shift or I, I can't do, um, or, you know, I can't pick up these hours. Can you cover this client for me? And me, you know, I'm sorry, it's my niece's birthday party. Like I have an obligation to that and me not feeling guilty about it at the same time. Um, it was a lot of, of work for me to accomplish that, but with a, a lot of self-reflection, the, those were the two biggest things, the work-life balance and just learning to say no, setting up personal boundaries for myself. So I share with our list, I think most of our listeners, that challenge of saying no. Can you help us maybe with some strategies on how we can feel as confident as you do now in setting those boundaries? Yeah, it's, it's really, to me, it's a mindset shift. Um, when we're looking at saying no and setting up personal boundaries, the, the primary emotion or not emotion, but the primary belief that we label ourselves is that we're selfish. And then the primary emotions is that we're guilty because we're selfish. And the way that I have reframed this is, am I more productive if I'm in and out of the hospital, miserable with zero energy, I'm 20 pounds heavier and I'm not sleeping at all. Or <laughs> am I more helpful to my organization if I'm taking time away, if I'm actually using my paid time off, if I'm spending time with my family more, with my friends, that's just going to make me feel overall better in general. And the better I feel at home, the better, the more I'm going to appreciate work and and being able to understand whether you're a leader or if you're someone who um, prefers not to be a leader one way or the other, it's it really important to set those guidelines and to shift the way that you're viewing your work is that you're not being selfish if you're taking time for you because you can't pour from an empty cup. So I've really shifted and I still have to, it doesn't go away forever. You still have to come back to it. And if someone asks you a question and your plate is overloaded and they're asking you, hey, are you able to, to do this for me? Are you able to help take on this project? I have to get real with myself and say, you know, is this really going to hurt me in the long run if I keep doing this? Um, and are there ways to do a workaround with it as well? So yeah, those are those were the main keys and, and reasons why I started saying no in the first place. So I think you're here, I'm hearing you say that when somebody asks you to do something before you answer, you ask yourself the question, is this going to hurt me? And you've mm -hmm. already sort of pre-thought what's good and what's not good for you. And that empowers you to say no. Um, how do you handle, or do you feel guilt when you say no? I mean, is, is that something that you're still working through? Or once you have that, this is unhealthy for me, you, mm -hmm. you're comfortable saying no? Well, and I might, forgive me if I go down a rabbit hole here, but- Oh, I love rabbit holes. So. A bit, okay, well, great, let's do it. <laughs> so so the, big, the big thing that anyone who's listening who has this question of why do I always take on too much? Ask yourself, why do I keep taking on too much? Because a big reason for that, and I'll tell you my reasons personally, and then you could make judgments for yourself on your reasons, but mine is because I wanted to people please. I wanted people to like me. And that was a big question mark 
my entire first half of my career was how can I get them to like me more? How can I get promoted? How can I get my boss to trust me more? Oh, okay. Well, I'm just going to say yes to absolutely everything under the sun. And maybe them liking me will boost my self-esteem. And what I didn't realize is that I, I had no clue I was doing it because I had low self-esteem. And in the, in, in the workplace, if you're new to anything, a new position, a new career in general, or if you're just coming out of college, you're going to be unsure about things. Your self-belief is low. And so I was doing the people pleasing to help make myself feel better. But not only that, trying to gain their approval when all I really needed was approval myself and that it's not fake it till you make it like you already you were hired for this job. You already have the skills for this. So really, what is the reason behind the reason of you always saying yes to things? If that hopefully that made sense. That's really insightful. Um was it like just an aha moment? Like this is what's happening. And did you have to go through a process to realize why you kept saying yes? I had to go through a process. Yeah. I went through coaching um, and trying to really figure out because in the midst of, and I'll share with you from that earlier time when I was really sick and I was in and out of tests, all that, it was great. But then I moved on to my new career, which was really amazing the company was excellent. They really valued work-life balance. And what I found over time is I started falling into the same pattern. So then, um, and then I got promoted into another position, which was a director level role. And then I found there that, well, I started falling into the same pattern again. And so I had to really stop and ask myself, okay, is it the culture or is it me? Um, because in hindsight, I could have looked back to my very first career where I was on call 24 seven and I could have made changes and my boss would have let me make those changes. That's the sad thing is, is it wasn't the, the environment wasn't as bad as I made it out to be. If I had just stepped up authentically and stated what my needs were as an employee for me to be more productive for the organization. And if, if anyone's listening and you're like, wow, I, this is a conversation I could potentially have with my boss. Like, Hey, could I take off time here? Hey, do you mind if I cut out this Friday for a thing my daughter wants to do, for example, then really start to look at that and, and look at how can this benefit the organization? Because if you're also spending it that way, then you're ultimately doing a good thing in general. I, and I want to go down a little rabbit hole too, because I really, um, agree with you that employers want to keep you. They don't want to lose you. And if you're mm-hmm. internalizing, this is a terrible place, it's awful, um, before you quit, and, and you're a perfect example, you quit, but then you take those same behaviors with you and you have the issues. So maybe, because I know you're a great coach, how, how would somebody have that conversation with their boss saying, you know, I love it here, but you're making me sick. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it really depends on the relationship you have with your boss. I I mean, there have been some bosses in the past where I could legitimately say that exact phrase to them and they completely get it because you have the rapport. But if you're if you're unsure and maybe you just kind of you guys just kind of have a little bit of friction towards each other and you're not going to be BFS with your boss all the time. It's, everyone is so different. Personalities are so different. And it's just learning to speak on their level. So understanding what their communication style is. And before you go in, let's just say you have a request and you're unsure, look at it from how can it benefit them and how can it serve them? Because then also at the same time, you're not thinking that you're selfish when you're helping benefit them. Because when you sit down with your, uh, like your boss, for example, if you go in and sit down with them and you say, hey, I'm really exhausted from this amount of time previously that I worked let's just say it was a big push for a big project due or something was going on. And you end up going in and sitting down with your boss and just saying, Hey, this is X, Y, Z. This is how I feel. And this is how it could benefit the organization. And really like when we do coaching, sitting down saying, okay, like what are the reasons why this will also help? Because you're right, Lorraine, that organizations, 
the majority of companies that I've worked with, especially in corporate wellness, they care about their employees. And even though the boss might not care, um, it, it's not that they, quote, don't care. It's that they have a lot of pressure. And they're so busy running around getting their own work done that they're not even thinking about it. So it's not personal. It's not intentional. Nine times out of 10, it's just that they are they forgot to check in with you, ultimately. And I think what you're saying is, and, and we talk about that in the show, is that ultimately you're responsible for your career, for taking care of yourself. And so I think what I hear you saying is, think about how the changes that would help you would also help the company. Is that okay? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, and really just being forthright about your needs. Um, oftentimes, especially if we're feeling a little bit of self-doubt where we are, and I talk about self-esteem a lot um, because it's just really the core of a lot of issues that we do end up having and we don't realize it. But if, if you have the self-belief that you're bad, a bad person, because you can't get something done, it's just really important to have your needs met and being able to communicate like these are my needs and being straightforward with it, not dancing around the subject like I used to do, telling them I need a break. I need time off. Great, great advice. Um, tell... I, I'm really fascinated by this process you went through. You started to say no. What are the kinds of changes did you make that got you to a point where you were feeling healthy in, in your job? Well, the first change that I made, which might make some of you cringe, <laughs> <laughs> is I deleted, which I would not, if you're on call a lot, I don't know, take this with a grain of salt, but I want to provide relevant, insightful strategies that might give people some ideas. So I deleted my work email off my phone. My, my email, I had the Outlook app and it was on the very th first page and it had the notifications. Every single evening when I was cutting out, I would turn off the notifications so they don't pop up on the front of my phone and I turn it off all weekend long. Now, if you're on call, that sort of thing, um, then obviously you would need to see it. But if you don't, What's the point in you looking at an email that nothing can happen over the weekend anyways? So that was one change that I definitely made. Um, another change that I made was making sure to put my phone away altogether. And if you notice a lot of the, the stuff I was doing was technology-based, and that's because that's the main primary way that people can get a hold of you when you're not at work. Um, so that was those were probably the first the main two things is just making sure that my phone was put away and focusing on mindfulness and meditation in general was a big thing for me to help me along the way. I adopted meditation every single day and it made a huge difference in my life. Okay. So I think especially now in the time of COVID is what I hear you saying is there just needs to be a cutoff from work. Um, it just can't especially bleed. Into now. Yeah. It oh, can't, yeah. Can't bleed into the rest of your uh, rest of your life. Um, do you feel that with COVID right now, it that that line between work and non-work is really blurring? Yes, I do. I actually read an article the other day that was talking about the amount of paid time off that people have not been taking this year. Um, and it's because they already are thinking, well, I'm at home. What else am I going to do? But I mean, I'll, I'll share an example. There's organizations that I've worked with that you can only roll over 40 hours of PTO and people still aren't taking time off, even though it's going to go away. And it's like, just take the time off. And not only that, have a designated space for work. I, I know it's difficult if, you know, if there's not a lot of room and the husband and your and wife are together in one area, of course, there's going to be areas of difficulty to overcome. But having just one side of the house or one area that you don't even step in after you're done because you're associating work and a trigger with that specific location. So you don't want to associate play with that specific location because that's where it gets blurred in your mind as well. All right. Um, tell me, um, we'll just put you on the spot. How, how do you separate? Because we talked a little bit earlier, you, um, Shannon loves her work. How do you how do you maintain that separation? 
Yes. <laughs> and I'll just share with you all, Lorraine and I were talking earlier about this and I love what I do so much that it is really difficult for me to step away. Um, while this is a good problem to have, it is a problem nonetheless. I still have a family <laughs> and still have things that I need to do on a personal level to make sure that those things don't fall to the wayside. So what I actually will end up doing is I have an alarm in my phone and I know that 6 p.m. I'm done and everything does not get cut or everything. Uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. And, and from that standpoint, everything past that time frame, I end up going to sleep, not paying attention to whatever comes in. So I have made sure to be very diligent at, at after this time frame, I will not accept calls. I will not, if there's a client that wants to reach out to me and setting expectations in advance, I always say you teach people how you want to be treated. So if you're teaching someone, Shannon responds right away to my 8 p.m. email, then Shannon is always going to respond to my 8 p.m. email. And the second you decide to change that, it's going to create angst. That other person is going to say, what's wrong with them? Are they mad at me? Or if it's your boss, you're, you're not doing your job because you've taught them that I end up responding to emails right away. Just an example, quick example for you. So Shannon, I think you've been really clear about setting boundaries for yourself, for, for the people that you interact mm -hmm. with. We're going to take a short break right now and we come back. Mm -hmm. We're going to ask Shannon about being your authentic self at work, which really helps in being able to set boundaries and being happy at work. So short break, then we'll be back with Shannon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview2work.com. Now, back to Career Central. Welcome back. We've been talking with Shannon Rollins, an expert on work-life balance. And before the break, she talked to us about setting some very strict boundaries so that you got a break from work. Now we're going to ask her about being your authentic self. We talked a little bit about how to say no, but I want to dig more into if you are the person you were meant to be when you show up to work, you're going to be much happier than if you try to be somebody else. So Shannon, can you share um, what it means to be your authentic self at work? Yes, I 
I think I have my own definition for this, but the way that I describe it or kind of the way that I envision this is, are you putting a mask on when you go to work every day? So how are you acting when you go into work? Are you putting a mask on? And then when you leave, are you taking the mask off? So are you actually, is your personality the same? Are you having the same thoughts? Are you speaking the same? I mean, and from there, you'll know the answer to that intuitively because you will probably feel friction when you're in the workplace. You'll probably know, "Mm, I'm not speaking up the way that I want to. I'm not sharing my best ideas. And not only that, understanding, being authentic means understanding your strengths and what they are and understanding your weaknesses and also knowing that it's okay that we all have weaknesses. We're going to have weaknesses because it's important to understand what the weaknesses are too, because then you can learn how to work better with other people around you. If they have a strength, that's your weakness. What a happy marriage that is, right? You can be able to build relationships with people in the workplace with the weaknesses that you have and being able to be vulnerable. And when I say vulnerability, I mean, if you don't know something, it's okay. Like, okay, the the saying fake it till you make it is good to an extent, because I think sometimes it gives the wrong impression on that you just have to keep going and eventually it's going to work out for you. But if you don't know something, then ask your coworker to train you or help you with it or get a mentor, get someone to help you along and be okay knowing that everyone needs help every now and then. Can you give us some examples of folks that you've worked with who have gone through that process of finding their authentic self? Because I have a feeling it could be pretty painful. Yes. (laughs) can yeah well and I always say people know celebrities more than they know themselves (laughs) I like that (laughs) it's a true statement but not everyone but it's really this road and and like you you kind of said it best that it is a long road um not in the aspect of it's painstaking or anything but it takes time to get to know who you are and that's okay um because it's it's not when you're peeling back layers of who you are I'll give an example. Um, I never thought I was a perfectionist. (laughs) I always prided myself on being so free spirited and just going with the flow until finally I had, I had a, a coach that I worked with before and, and they said, would you say that you're a perfectionist? And they asked me a couple different ways. And I said, no, I'm not a perfectionist. And then she said to me, well, do you feel that you have to be on all the time? Like a show, an act, do you have to be on? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, that's a perfectionist. I was like, shoot, I guess I am. But it, but I didn't want to label myself, right? So we don't need, our labels are not who we are. It's not, it's not our belief in our identity as a person. Like we aren't the things that we do. Our behaviors are completely separate from what we do. And so when you're taking this road and you're peeling that, it's like an onion. I don't know if anyone watched Shrek. I'm sure everyone did, but how he, I love his line. He says, um, peeling back, people are like onions. You know, you peel back the layers after layer and you always find something beneath that and the why beneath that and the why beneath that. But until you understand who you truly are and what makes you tick and what drives your motivation and what you actually enjoy doing the tasks, for example, that you enjoy doing at work. And once you get real with yourself and say, this is who I am, and you might not like it always, you might not always like the answer that you have. I didn't like admitting to being quote, a perfectionist, but then I know what to do with that. And I know how to handle that. So it's a matter of really just taking the time to get to know who you are. And I know your previous question, I trailed off, but to get back to your, to your previous question. And um, yes, I have worked with many people who felt like they were not, were, I guess the, the biggest way that I could describe this is they did not feel comfortable in their position and in their role and what they had to offer. Ultimately, they have felt that they didn't have gifts that they could bring to the workplace. And every single person has a gift. And if you're on this earth, you have a gift that you can give people. 
And it's a matter of understanding what those strengths and those gifts are, and then using it to your advantage in the workplace. So the people that I have, the clients that I have worked with who have come to me and said, man, I just feel, and they'll never tell me, because you never really know if you're not being authentic unless you listen to a talk like this. Kind of how my journey was is you'll come and you'll be like, I don't know what it is. I just feel like I'm not very happy at work. And my boss makes me angry and I just don't want to speak up in meetings. I feel like my, my ideas are going to be shut down. That's when your authenticity is starting to waver or it wasn't there to begin with because you're not completely secure and your identity in that space. You might be secure with it at home, but once you bring it into the workplace, you might, it might waver a little bit. So you find yourself angry with your boss, you know, not happy at work. Um, you've listened to this podcast and you know that you need to discover your authentic self. What um, steps would you suggest that somebody starts to identify those gifts rather than focusing on the negative on the gifts? How do we discover our gifts? Well, uh, I, I could tell you there's a zillion personality tests out there, but I'm going to take a different approach on this. And by the way, those personality tests are excellent, like the DISC assessments and Myers-Briggs. You can do those all day long, and I've taken many of them. Um, however, things change in different circumstances. The way you react at work in a work circumstance could be confidence based on a past experience you had. So the results are good, but they're not 100%. So I always tell people to find your strengths. Ask people around you. Mm -hmm. And not only that, take it. I always say take a sheet of paper, write down every accomplishment that you might have had, or every experience that you've had in your past career. And look at each item. Mm -hmm. And ask yourself, what did I contribute to this? What did I, and it might be something that you don't even know. I've done, a, I've done workshops before for uh, leadership workshops for companies. And I actually had them, you're going to laugh. I had them wear, <laughs> wear what are the, the easel pads, you know, the, mm -hmm. the large uh, easel pads. I mm -hmm. had them fold them in half and put the paper on their back. And everyone had to walk around and write each other's strengths on their back. And it's fascinating when everyone sits down because no one knows what anyone else has to write and they take it off and they see the same strengths from five different people. And they always say, man, I didn't know this is how they thought of me. And it's because our self, our self distort, we're, we're looking at ourselves in a distorted view sometimes than what is actually from the outside looking in because we've experienced everything in our body no one else has. So we are always much harder than ourselves on ourselves than anyone else would be. And so just doing a, a tally, so to speak, of what have I been good at in the past? And then asking people, ask your, maybe not your parents, because <laughs> though that's a little biased, but ask your coworkers or, and not only that, when you sit down with an assessment or appraisal with your boss, listen to the things you're good at and really believe them. I think that's an important um, part of what you said is believe it. I'm wondering how many people took that note off their back and looked at it and go, oh, I'm not really that good. So if you're getting feedback, like you're really good at something and just not processing, what, what should you do? Yeah. So if you are not processing something and you're you're just not there a hundred percent yet it's a matter of finding the belief below and reframing it i'll i'll give you another example Great. this is actually i love this example because it's i feel like this probably happens a lot i used to have the self-belief that i was not smart enough and so my coach told me uh, she Well, she asked me, I said, I'm not smart enough. She said, what are some reasons that you feel like you're not smart enough? Well, sometimes it takes me a while to respond to a question. Like someone will ask me a question of something I don't know, and I'll kind of be searching in my head, and I, I'm just slow to respond. And she goes, what, how would you want to be? And I'd be, well, I want to be articulate. And she goes, wouldn't you say that thinking before you speak is articulate because you want to make sure that what's coming out makes sense for you. And I was like, whoa, okay, I'm articulate. And honestly, from that reframe alone, 
made a big difference for me. So asking your, it's kind of, there's not really a straight answer for that, but asking yourself and maybe working with a coach or someone, if you're not, if it's not sticking and that belief in yourself is not sticking, then asking yourself in what circumstance would this be beneficial? Another example is, and this is all about reframing, but there was a couple one time, and this is a story, this isn't my story. They went to a therapist and they were talking about how headstrong their daughter is. And they're like, she is so headstrong. And the therapist said, don't you want her to be headstrong for when she's older? So really taking that strength and thinking to yourself, when is this beneficial in my life? And working through self assessment techniques to, to lift your self-esteem because that, that all boils down to your self-esteem as well. If you're not believing something good about yourself, that it's true. Okay. So I like that, the, the, the feedback, but also realizing that in different situations, um, strengths are to your advantage. In other words, you may Mm -hmm. have a strength that isn't quite working in one setting, but there is, um, a place that it will, will work. Is that what, what you're thinking about in terms of strengths? Yeah, well, even weaknesses, sometimes you what you might think your weakness is in one area, it could be such a strength in your home life. Maybe it's not in your work, or it could be a strength in another role that might be within the in the organization as well. So you never know. I mean, anything is possible for you. So good feedback that back to your thought that everybody has gifts, and they Mm -hmm. may even be in the Mm -hmm. this the guise of a weakness, but that weakness can help other people benefit mm-hmm. your employer. Yep. That sounds great. Well, we are coming up on another break. We're going to take a quick break, then we're going to come back and find out a little bit more from Shannon about how to make sure that you're feeling really great to, when you um, show up at work tomorrow. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview2work.com. Now, back to Career Central. Hi, welcome back. We've been talking to Shannon Rollins about having that wonderful work-life balance and most more importantly is going to work and enjoying your work. We've both had experiences where we've had people tell us that, well, you just go to work and just suffer through it. And the truth is you should be going to work and really enjoying it. Shannon shared some ideas about 
structuring your work, especially during COVID, um, being your authentic self, um, tapping into your strengths. But there's probably one question on our listener's mind. What if you do all of that and it's just not a good fit anymore? What, what do you start thinking about? Shannon. Yeah, if if you that's a great question. So if you're <laughs> there's sometimes where and this is why I also became a career coach. So just to back up for a moment in my career, I really wanted to do one-on-one coaching with business professionals for performance. So I do performance-based coaching to help them up-level their career in any way. But then sometimes someone will just say, I just don't like the nature of the job. Shannon, it's not my boss or it's not, it's not my coworkers. It has nothing to do with that. I just, I don't like sitting behind a desk all day. I like, I need a job where I'm kind of moving out, you know, throughout the office a little more. Um, And for example, for me, I was finding that I had to identify what I actually enjoy doing and pushing reports because the more I was getting promoted, the more I was getting further away from people. And as an extrovert, that just didn't work for me. (laughs) And I had to figure it out sooner rather than later. But if you are finding that it just isn't working, and if it's the nature of the job, then can you make a pivot? First of all, I would always recommend, can you make a pivot within the company you're already at? You already have built up rapport with them, built up trust with them. Um, If you already have a good relationship with them, is there a pivot? Or is there potentially a newer position that's opening that you can kind of move into? Um, And if it's not the nature of the job and you're just having a hard time in general, finding authenticity, being yourself, really boosting your self-esteem, I would really recommend going and talking to someone, working one-on-one with either a coach, therapist, whatever you feel like you need. Lorraine, I'm sure you can agree. Everyone needs a coach. Yeah, sometime right? in their career, absolutely. <laughs> At least sometime, whether it's a mentor um, or if your if your uh, organization has job coaches, many do, then going to see them or taking advantage of your EAP, and and knowing that if you if you want to make a happier time at your work, you're really going to discover these things when you're working one on one with someone because they'll take you through your self journey. You're driving the boat and they're just kind of in the passenger seat saying, what do you want to explore more? Um, Do you want to explore over here? Okay, let's work on that today. Do you want to explore over here? And you're really going to get to know yourself through doing those things. So that's what I would recommend if you're really just having a hard time, man, I I don't know, my self-esteem is shot or I I just feel like I, I am wearing a mask. I can't be myself there. Um, and exploring why that is with someone who can help you a trained professional. And I, I totally agree with you that setting boundaries, discovering yourself, discovering your strengths, standing up, trying to adjust your work schedule. But there's sometimes when you just can't be who you need to be at your job. And so mm-hmm. there's, there does get to be a point when you go, okay, I've got to make a change. And great yep. point. Can you make the change within the company? And if not, sometimes you have to look to your next opportunity. But um, I just didn't want to let people think that, oh, well, it's all me. It's all me. There are times when you're just in, oh, you yeah. know, you're, you're the, the, the round peg in the square hole or whatever they like to like to say. Well, and I'm happy you brought that up too. I'm really glad that we, because I don't, I don't want it to be portrayed like that either. Oftentimes it's just, it's not, it's not a fit and that's okay. That it, it happens, right? There's different personalities for different types of jobs are you a creative person and you're pushing accounting reports, but you might not even know that you have a creative side unless you explored that within yourself. So I, I love that. Yeah. So finding your authentic self lets you know whether you're in the right place or you need to find a different place, which Correct. again, our bottom line is we want you to be happy at work. And mm-hmm. so that whole process will, will get you there. One of the things we do um, every week is we have our guests challenge our listeners. They, we call it a five-second challenge, something they can do five seconds after the show is over that will help them move forward on some of the strategies that um, our guests share. So what would you like to challenge our listeners to? Yeah, so this is going to be short and sweet and to the point. <laughs> oh, I, like just want, I just want you to ask a question to yourself and it's actually two questions back to back and be really honest promise to be honest with yourself 
And the first question is, what am I tolerating? And the second question is, what is it costing me? Mm-hmm. Great. Great. And based on that, you'll have some answers that oh. on what you need to move forward. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, again, short, sweet. You can do it um, as soon as the, the show is over and we'll get you started on that path of um, being your authentic self and empowering you to say no, which I think is a gift that you've given everybody today. So can you tell us a little bit more about your, we've kind of hinted at what you do, but can you tell us more about your work and how listeners can get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, so I work, I do a couple different things. I work one-on-one coaching, um, like I said before. And ideally, if someone comes to me, it's because they want to boost their performance. They either want a promotion, they're not getting along with their coworkers or their boss, um, or they really don't know what their purpose is. They might come to me and say, man, I just, I don't know what lights me up. I don't know what my passion is. And so I help them work through that by asking them questions um, with one-on-one coaching. And the one, the one activity I love to do, and it's actually a um, technique by Dr. Matthew McKay. And what we do is if someone comes in and they do have um, an issue with their authenticity and really being themselves, knowing what their strengths are, I take them through a a self-assessment for their self-esteem. And so we really focus on different areas. Um, And what I'll have them do is list out based on the seven different areas. So physical appearance, because your self-esteem is everything in your life. So physical appearance, um, how you relate to others, personality how other people see you, and really it's how you think other people see you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) your performance at work, your performance in everyday tasks, your mental functioning. And based on those seven areas, we end up having you, well, we, when I say both of us will work together and you're going to list out everything you know about those areas. And you're going to put a positive or negative, like, I feel great about this. I feel great about the way that I communicate with my coworkers, but man, I don't feel so good about this part. I'm bad at giving presentations. And so we look at you, we have you fill that out. And I look at all those areas and we reframe the negative things. We reframe what you think are the weaknesses, how we talked about before. Sometimes your weaknesses can actually be strengths in disguise. And we really find out what's really great about you because you're your own brand. So you can walk with your head high and kind of showcase my example, man, I'm articulate when before I thought I was just really slow to speak. And so it's one of those things where once you sit down and you vet through it, you can look at and say, man, I'm not so bad after all. So that's just one of the um, techniques that I love using when I work one-on-one with clients. Um, I also work with stress relief coaching because like my story, I'm very passionate about preventing burnout with people. So usually if someone comes to me, they're stressed, they're on the verge of burnout. The authenticity usually has some type of play in that as well. It's all interweaved and really working from there and getting you to your goal and where you want to be. And I do the same thing translated into workshops. So um, I'll provide uh, leadership workshops, work-life balance workshops, stress relief, and mindset. And we do reframes within those workshops as well. Um, One of my reframes, for example, I'll share this one that we use in one of my workshops is a belief that my boss is ignoring me because I've heard that a lot. My boss is ignoring me. And um, it's, it's that from that belief, someone might have the thought they don't like me. They're ignoring me because they don't like me. But then we reframe it and ask ourselves, are they just busy? Maybe their door's shut because they're really stressed and they don't know how to manage their stress level. Maybe they're a type of leader who kind of withdraws because as, as leaders, we all respond in different ways as well. And so being able to reframe the way you're looking at your negative situation right then and there, we do in the workshops as well. Mm-hmm. So, so Shannon, how do our listeners reach out to you? How do they find you? Yeah, so the best way um, to find me is you could go to shannonrollins.com. That's my website. And then my email is shannon at livewellsolutions.net. So it's L-I-V-W-E-L-L solutions.net. So those are the 
two best ways to get a hold of me. Shannon, I want to thank you for everything you've shared with our audience today. Um, it, it's been just an amazing um, range of information, um, how to say no, how to set boundaries, how to see your strengths. I really like um, hearing about how you work with folks and they can turn that that what they see is a weakness um, and reframing it and turning it into um, a positive. Um, just so impressed with what you're doing. I can't thank you enough for, for being our guest on the show. Um, for those of you who are listening on iTunes, Spotify, or another platform, know how we are doing. Career Central is committed to bringing practical career advice to you every week. Your feedback will help us achieve that goal. Now, one, remind, one more reminder of this five-second um, challenge, and Shannon, jump in if my notes aren't correct. But um, in fact, why don't you go ahead and, and repeat it in your own words? It'll stick better than my repeating it. Yes, absolutely. Ask yourself, what am I tolerating and what is it costing me? And promise to be honest with your answers. Okay. So write so, them down, and, and then you'll know what to go from there. All right. I think that's a great challenge and I hope everybody will um, take that on. Now, remember if you're driving or biking or however you're listening to this podcast, be safe, wait until um, it's safe and then take this week's challenge. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about more strategies and techniques for advancing your career. Our guest is Kate Dixon. She's an expert on salary and benefit negotiations. She has a newly published book, Pay Up. She has 20 years of experience coaching people through that entire negotiation process. She's going, just like Shannon, she's going to add strategies to your portfolio so that you can keep moving forward on your career. Um, as I shared with you in an earlier show, our listeners have made Career Central one of the top 10, uh, in the top 10% of all podcasts. So on November 16th, our show will be our listener appreciation podcast. So I want to heads up next week, I'm going to ask listeners to start submitting ideas for that show. What should be the topic? Who would you like to have interviewed? For those who are submitting um, ideas, there will be a gift. And the person who submits the idea that is select selected will actually be um, invited to come on and um, introduce their guest and or topic and tell us why it is so important to them. So until next week, this is Lorraine Beeman encouraging you to take care of your career because you are the only one qualified to do that. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Career Central. Be sure to join your host, Lorraine Beeman, for another program next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week.